I'm Laura Max Rose, mother of two, and you're listening to Look Ma No Hands, my candid dispatches from the front lines of motherhood. I ask the real, tough, honest questions on motherhood-related topics that we're all wanting to know more about, in hopes it will make everyone's journey fulfilling, easier, and more joyful. If you're not a mom, welcome. I want you to know how happy I am that you're listening and that these topics can be applied to any season of life. I'm grateful you're along for the ride. Hey guys, welcome back to Look Ma No Hands. Laura Rose here. I'm so excited to be joining you today and bringing you a real live interview for the first time in over a month. So you're not just going to hear me rambling off about something. I'm so excited to chat with Megan Burkle of Willow Crowns. This is our sixth time chatting on Look Ma No Hands. After our first conversation, we decided to make it a monthly ritual Times have been a little strange this past year since we made that decision, but we have still managed to talk very frequently. She always has such great insight. So many of the things that she shared with me have changed the way I live my life and look at my life, and I'm so excited to share our conversation with you today. Before I move on and share our interview with you, I want to tell you that today's interview is brought to you by All Pops of Color. All Pops of Color is a Houston local balloon business. If you saw, if you follow me on Instagram, you saw the big number four that we had in our front yard to celebrate our daughter Selma turning four um, a couple of weeks ago. All Pops of Color made it happen. I just sent them a message on Instagram. Their handle is at All Pops of Color. I told them I had a balloon emergency. We were headed back from Colorado. I needed to do something special to celebrate. She had that number four balloon up in my yard less than 24 hours later. It absolutely made my daughter's day. I'm sure if you're not following her, you've probably seen people with big balloon numbers in their front yard. It's a fun way to celebrate special events during this crazy time and make them special. Have everyone in the neighborhood know that you're celebrating a really special event in your home with your family. And if you have young children, I can tell you firsthand that those balloons make them light up. Not to mention All Pops of Color does everything they do from the heart. I was so grateful to have found them and to have worked with them and to have discovered them through Instagram. So if you live in Houston, if you're local, Houston and the surrounding areas, and you need a custom balloon garland, they do nine-foot-tall balloon yard numbers and three-foot-tall personalized balloons, pretty much anything you can imagine involving balloons. Give a give a shout out, give a call to All Pops of Color. Um, you can find them online at www.allpopsofcolor.com. And again, you can follow them on Instagram at All Pops of Color. I can't recommend them more highly. They saved the day for us and we will be using them many, many times in the future. Stay tuned after this episode with Megan Burkle coming up around the corner. I have Josh Morelli, psychologist from Los Angeles. He's going to be talking to me about our primal instincts and how they are coming out during this quarantine, no longer really a quarantine, but during our pandemic that we are in, which we are navigating our way out of. You might notice that some of those fights on Facebook are getting a little more intense, and maybe you have found that when you are walking by someone on the street or someone cuts you off in traffic, you're a little bit quicker to say the thing you wish you hadn't said, or even in your interpersonal relationships over text with your spouse, whatever it may be, harsh words seem to be coming out more easily and more frequently, and there is a reason for that. And Josh is going to talk to me about that, what we can do about it, and how we can manage interpersonal relationships when our bodies are in total fight-or-flight mode because of all that's going on in our world right now and other ways that that's affected us and how we can work through it. I'm so excited to talk to him, and thank you to my sister-in-law, Erica Rose, for connecting me with Josh and my friend Julie Lauren, who has her own podcast called Hashtag No Filter. Definitely go check it out if you haven't already already. Julie is going to be interviewing me later this week on something very personal, which I have hesitated to share up until this point, but now find myself very excited to do so about a major change I made in my life about six months ago, right when these quarantines started. And um, I'm looking forward to chatting with her and having her ask me all the questions and sharing our conversation with you. So without any further ado, here's Megan Burkle of Willow Crowns. Thank you as always for tuning in to Look Ma No Hands. Let's get started. I'm Laura Max Rose, mother of two, and you're listening to Look Ma No Hands, my candid dispatches from the front lines of motherhood. 
I ask the real, tough, honest questions on motherhood-related topics that we're all wanting to know more about in hopes it will make everyone's journey fulfilling, easier, and more joyful. If you're not a mom, welcome. I want you to know how happy I am that you're listening and that these topics can be applied to any season of life. I'm grateful you're along for the ride. Welcome back to Look Ma No Hands. I am joined today by Megan Burkle from Willow Crowns. This must be her, I've lost track, sixth or seventh time on the show. Welcome back, Megan. Thank you for having me again. Well, I love checking in with you, especially during this time, because I think I've interviewed you about three or four times during the pandemic, and each of our interviews has really reflected where everyone is at during the whole pandemic apocalypse, if you will. We started off in the beginning. I feel like we were really upbeat. We'd been spending more time with our family, had a lot of really good things to say about that. Um, and then if we've, as we've really progressed through this whole thing, I think all the highs and lows we've touched on in each episode. So I've been really excited to chat with you today because I don't know about you, but we're back to school. We're doing in-person school. Megan, I know you're, one of your daughters is also in person. And before we started chatting, we were both talking about how exciting that is for both of us. Um, but there's also just been a totally new wave of emotion and definitely challenge. I mean, this is my first time dealing with a carpool line. My daughter's in a brand new school now. So there's just a ton of back to school adjustments that are taking place during a totally unprecedented time. And I feel like, okay, yes, I guess we're supposed to go back to work. But first, can I have like a month to just go to a spa somewhere and like completely come down off of what just happened? I feel like there's not going to be a respite from this. Like it's, we're going to just gradually come out of it and then like full force go back to regular life. And that's just going to, we're, we're going to just have to absorb this, I feel like. This is just going to be a challenging time. Like, I've, I mean, I've been reading, there's a lot of wellness bloggers who were talking about how, you know, pause before you go running back into your old life. But let's face it, I mean, most of us don't have the opportunity to do that. And if we do, it's not going to be nearly for long enough. So I think that this is just going to be a time where we're going to be dealing with the challenge of going from what we just went through back to business as usual, almost, there's obviously a lot of things that aren't as usual, but it's going to be, yeah, like you said, I mean, something that we have to absorb. Yeah, I think we just have to absorb it and take it with us. And hopefully, you know, you and I were talking before about how I really do feel like we've all grown so much during this time, whether we are aware of it or not. My hope is that we've all grown sufficiently during this time that we can absorb it and deal with it and move on in whatever way that looks like. What are some of the ways you feel like you've grown during this time? Oh, it's so hard to articulate. Um, I do feel, I used to like give my mom such a hard time. I was like, mom, you are stone cold. (laughs) We used to joke and call her stone cold Kate because she was just so tough. Mm. And I mean, super affectionate, but also just like nothing could get her down. And I feel myself becoming like my mom in that regard. I said to my husband, I'm becoming stone cold. And he was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like almost like this has weathered me a little bit. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm tougher now. And the next hard thing that comes my way, I'm, I'm tougher than I was when I experienced this. I feel just more self contained, I guess. Well, for anyone who hasn't met you, followed you, or listened to one of your episodes before, I would put you in the category of the top tier of most highly productive human beings (laughs) in terms of what you're able to get done. Have you found that during this time, there have been things that have maybe fallen to the wayside that you're ready to let go of forever? Or has it been more of a time of just being able to perhaps get through more and do more in spite of what's coming at you, or maybe a little bit of both? Um, honestly, I think one of the hardest parts of this for me was that my overall productivity did not change, but it shifted to things and it wasn't necessarily the things that maybe needed my attention. I, and I'm sure a lot of people felt like this. I felt like I was a horrible parent during this Mm -hmm. time and I was still able to run my business. I still did a lot of house projects. I, and then I would get through the day and be like, oh, well, I was a horrible mom though. 
I didn't do all of these things that I should be doing while my children were home. They had way too much screen time. I raised my voice too many times. And I felt like the parenting part of this was so emotionally demanding that I kind of pulled away from it sometimes. I felt like I just, I can't, I I had the energy and the stamina to paint every room in my house. But the idea of reading a sixth book at bedtime, I wanted to cry. Oh, absolutely. I totally, we went, we did, we do three books at night for my oldest and it became one a few months ago. It's not going back to three, speaking of things that are falling by the wayside. But that was why I reached out to you actually today to do this interview was because you had made a post on Instagram about feeling like, you know, you look back over this past summer and you don't feel like your parenting game was very strong. And um, I then, you know, I resonated with that so much. I had been very teary that week, just kind of thinking about we had come home from this trip in Colorado where I felt like we got this real break from everything that's going on in the world right now and that I could be a hands-on parent. And then I came back here and it was really back to the overwhelm. And I was kind of like regrooving how challenging that is. And um, I went out to lunch with a friend of mine and her eyes started watering, talking about how she had snapped at one of her kids that weekend just really badly and um, felt so horribly about it. And I kind of cut her off and said, you know, look at how much we have been, how much stress we've been under. Like you haven't been just doing a good job. Like you've gone above and beyond just in unbelievable circumstances. And I think that's really all of us. And I think the thing that sucks the most about this whole experience as a parent is that we've probably worked harder than we ever did before. And yet we felt like we failed more than we ever did. And we were probably harder on ourselves than we ever have been. Yeah, I was thinking about this yesterday. I was sitting in Carline and just the way a lot of people are doing Carline this year. There's not a lot of kids riding the bus, which I totally understand. So the Carline line is very long Mm -hmm. and I am spending about 45 minutes a day in Carline. And a lot of time I was thinking to myself, well, I'm going to spend almost five hours a week, 36 weeks out of the year in Carline. So that is somewhere in the neighborhood of a hundred hours, just sitting, waiting to be transportation. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't take a lot of effort, but no one else is going to do it but me. And I kind of realized that there's so many things we do. I think a lot of us moms were like, well, I kept the kids alive today. And it's almost like a dig at ourselves, but like just keeping those kids yes. alive is a lot of work. It's a <laughs> lot. Just, of, think of yourself before you had children. Like none of this was anything you ever even imagined doing. So yes. Sitting in car line, it's no, it's not an enrichment activity for them. And no, it's not particularly <laughs> difficult, but do you have to prioritize it in your day? Yes. Do you have to put that ahead of other things you might rather do? Yes. And that summed up quarantine COVID parenting for me. Like, I had to do so many things that were just really the bare minimum, but that bare minimum is a lot. And that's outside of a time when we as adults are so stressed and worried and scared by the state of the world. So then oh. layer that on top of it and doing the bare minimum does feel like almost too much. And yet here we all are telling ourselves we failed every single day. I think that maybe the reason why so many of us are coming to that realization or are having those feelings right now, because I think in almost every mom circle I'm in and what I'm seeing in Instagram is people starting to talk about feeling like they have failed and and grieving over this summer as parents is because as we slip into some amount of normalcy, maybe we have a little bit more time to ourselves to really reflect over what these past few months have really been like, and we have the space to actually process that. But I think on top of it, it's also that as we go back into reality, I mean, my kid is wearing a mask at school all day. She's socially distanced from her friends. There's a lot about going back to normal that isn't normal at all. And there's so much for me as a parent that I'm processing. And then my kid is, I'm, I, I have to take, I'm taking care of her and trying to help her Um, process all of those things as well. So it's just so much constantly. And it's not going to just snap back, whereas maybe some of us were probably expecting on some sort of level that it would. Um, But I can see why 
having this moment, like maybe when our kids are finally out of the house, we can look back and say, whoa, you know, that was really hard. I took my daughter to the pediatrician yesterday and she was just bouncing off of the walls in the pediatrician office, pediatrician's office, like more so than I was bizarre, but she just was like running all around and pulling my hair. And I looked at the pediatrician and I said, have you been seeing a lot of this in kids her age? And he said, yes, tons of it. In the older children, it's a lot of anxiety and depression and obesity. And it's like, I think this is one of those moments, unfortunately, as parents where no matter what we did or could have done, we could not have saved our children, no matter how old, from experiencing the negativity of what's been going on. I mean, we just had no idea. It's just one of those things. And I think that has been to kind of circle back like to personal growth, things that have changed about myself. I'm like, I have to be prepared for something I don't expect all the time now. Right. I do feel that way. I have to, I think I was like bouncing along in my happy little bubble for a long time in a very naive way. And I wouldn't say that I've become cynical, but I have an awareness now of how quickly my life can change and how significantly it can change. And it's an added layer of gratitude and also just this awareness like this can disappear tomorrow. We just don't know. We don't know. I love your bubble though. I got to tell you. I like, do, I some- love my bubble too. I want to go back there. It was awesome. Uh, <laughs> I really miss really miss the bubble. But I, I think too, when I was living in my bubble, I, and you and I have discussed this before. I'm somebody that likes to think I can do it all. Yeah. And for the most part, I really do enjoy doing a lot of things, but pandemic parenting really made me realize as I was (laughs) doing so little, (laughs) quote, little, um, that we have very preconceived notions about what makes a good parent. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I don't mean like we as a population, because yes, we as population do, but individually we do. And I think that in my mind, I didn't realize how many other people were doing things for me, like teachers and friends. Like I didn't realize the contribution, the scale of their contribution to our lives and my ability to quote, do it all. Yeah, absolutely. Because once they were gone, I was like, oh, I cannot provide all these things. Like, for example, I hate sand. Like, my kids are not ever going to have sand. I just, like, it makes my skin crawl. Sand makes my skin crawl. I can see that because you're a very clean person. Yes. But I was providing them with places to go or people who did like sand. <laughs> yes. And, and that that's such that, a hugely important part of parenting is giving them that experience. And so I felt like because I couldn't provide it myself or maybe even didn't want to provide it myself, I was a bad parent. And I'm like, no, no, no. I was providing that. That's what being a good parent is, is it's, it's recognizing your own limitations and providing your children. Like no parent can be perfect and do it all or want to do it all. But if you can surround your children with enough people and resources, they can be really well-rounded. But I think we put so much pressure on ourselves that we are solely responsible for making them well-rounded. Well, I'm so glad you brought that up because I think if we take anything out of this that's positive, and I hope we take a lot of things out of it that are positive, but the number one takeaway for me this whole time has been just the shift in my mindset from feeling guilty that I'm not everyone and everything to my children, because that's very much the modern day American motherhood story that we would be able to homeschool and teach them everything they need to know, to just profound gratitude that I am not supposed to be doing that, that there are other people who can and that I am able to, because for six months I haven't been. And, you know, she's spending six or seven hours a day in a school where she's being taught how to count. She's being taught everything she needs to know as a four-year-old. And she came home from school yesterday. And I remember thinking, gosh, you know, I I should sit with you and I should work on this, like drawing shapes and, and tracing the letters of your name. And then I stopped and I said, wait, I just, I'm paying actually a lot of money for other people to teach you that (laughs) for like six or seven hours every day. And like, you can come veg out with me and I actually don't need to feel bad that I'm not teaching you that. But like this whole summer, I've been feeling bad about it. It's so true. I think we have put it squarely on ourselves to be responsible for every aspect of how our children turn out. 
And that was amplified over the spring and summer when our children were limited to really just us. And I, you know, my daughter's only been back in school for two days and it's like, I have a brand new kid. Oh, she's just so happy. She's so happy. And I am so happy. I, you know, I still have a child home with me. Like, it's not like I'm like free and clear, just my neighbor. Right. Was like, so what are you guys doing now? You're just like running around naked now that you have no kids at home. And like, <laughs> uh, definitely not because we still have a child at home, right. but I'm still working. I'm still doing all the things I was doing before, but I think the biggest part is the relief on my part, the emotional relief that she is getting things that she couldn't get from me. Mm. When she comes home, I'm not so emotionally taxed and weighed down that I can be the mom I want to be. Yes, exactly. Just you can. You have days, I can have the enthusiasm to listen to her talk about star stable, this horse game <laughs> she's obsessed <laughs> with for hours on end. Whereas before I would literally have to say to her, Olivia, I just need you to stop talking, please. Please, can we I, it, like, it really is amazing how much, and I think we're showing our children that, <laughs> that like just getting away from each other, them having their own space to go, like people recharging. Oh my gosh. It's so important. My kids were, who never used to fight have been bickering every single second of every single day, it feels like, for weeks. And just in the past two days, getting a break from each other, they're hugging each other, they're kissing oh. each other. And my youngest is crying. She wants big sister to come home. Like, I think we feel like when we delegate a task like education or childcare, just so we can get a break to someone else, we feel like we're copping out. And I think mm. that I fundamentally feel like that has to change. It has to change. We cannot look at it that way anymore. Being a good parent. I mean, I've had, I think I brought this up on other episodes. I've had a rabbi and I think two therapists say the exact same thing to me at different points, yeah. which was 15 well, I feel like I'm uninterrupted. Right, 15 uninterrupted minutes a day with your child, with each one, is what they need to feel connected to you. And I remember the first time I heard that, I thought, what are you even talking? What do you mean? Like, that's no time. But think about what that means. Like, uninterrupted eye contact, engaging with them. I've had days go by where I'm with my kids all day, and I haven't given them that oh by the gosh. end of the day. I was just going to say that. I was like, I can think of 100 days over the past six months right? where yeah. that has not happened. And I think... That is what makes me feel, made me feel so bad. Like I'm here. Why can't I give you more of myself? I am, you're literally here with me all the time. Because there's nothing. I, I mean, it's nothing like left so draining. Them, but I had plenty to give to work or home projects. I think it's different. You know, I think children obviously re re require a lot of our patience. And um, I think I know for me, I need to be recharged in a very different way than I would for work. Work always feels like something that I'm doing for myself. Yeah. I actually feel like if I take a moment to do a podcast, I'm like recharging my, yes. I, I, my kids go to school and I do this. So, I mean, it's something that I do to charge my tank, to fill my tank, but um, you know, just waking up and day after day and day in, day out being completely responsible for two other human beings without any of that. I mean, I think most people have clearly found that to be mostly impossible or doing it in the way. And even, you know, even though they're both back in school, I still find that I'm recovering like that energy that I used to have when they would get home. Um, the amount of cleaning that I do in my own house, like I don't have the type of energy to organize quite the way or even close to the way that I was before. And I think it's going to be a while before the standards that I had before or the standards that I have again. But I think there's also something beautiful in that. And I hope some of it doesn't change. I think I've let go of a lot of what doesn't matter. And I thought that what my kids wanted from me was really to have everything together all the time. Um, but really, they need a lot less from me than I thought. And um, I need to be able to take care of myself in order to give them that. And that's, I think, what's been the biggest conundrum of this pandemic is actually having that. True. And you and I had talked on a previous podcast about like, what is self-care? And how right. it really isn't like a spa day or whatever, but I feel like more than ever, I'm realizing that. Yes. That like, it is, it's, not. it's going to take a very different form for everybody. And it's probably not, especially for moms, going to look like a spa day or, you know, whatever. It's it's going to be something very different that we find recharging. And it's just... I, I think this whole experience has given us all like a real, like it took us all by the shoulders and gave us a really firm shake. 
Absolutely. A hundred percent. Then things fall where they may. And we have to take a step back and be like, okay, like you've said so many times, like, what are the things I want to keep from this experience? And what are the aspects that, you know, I got rid of that I, I want to keep gone. So how has this changed Willow Crowns? So again, if you're listening for the first time, Willow Crowns is Megan's business. She makes bows and hair accessories for girls and now t-shirts as well for mommy and daughter and masks have yeah, been added. Oh my God, finally gave out. I was waiting. Like when, when masks first became a thing that we all needed to wear, the first thing I did was check to see if you were selling them. And then you would announce that you weren't going to be doing it. And I was like, oh, okay, well, then I'll just go somewhere else. And you're like... So, shared recently that you were going to do it. I was so excited. It took me months to come around to it because initially when all of this first happened and everyone started making and selling masks, I felt really gross about it because yeah. so many like people in healthcare didn't have PPE. And I'm like, so yeah. I should be over here like pocketing money. And it was weird. I mean, you were being told not to wear masks. It was like, it not. Was so I would see people, was oh so my God, bizarre. I forgot about that. And yeah. so the girls who, some of the girls who make for Willow Crowns, they were making masks and donating them. So like, I knew we had the ability. I just, I couldn't, I was just kind of being stubborn about it. And then about a month ago, my husband was like, you know, these are like here to stay, right? Uh, what does girls. he mean though? Like, girls. what do you mean like to stay until like, you know, this is over never or like forever? Let's say they're here to stay through the winter. Okay. Right. Like let's say for a, a year till COVID has been around, let's say a year. Sure. So that okay. means another six months of mask wearing. And he's like, there's a demand. You get messages every day. And I was like, oh, fine. I'll ask the girls if they want to make masks. <laughs> so, and yes, we're making masks and because they are, I mean, my daughter's outfits, they include a mask every day for school. And today she's yeah, like, I, I mean, really think I want to wear my pink one. <laughs> so it's so now you're doing masks. I mean, my my daughter, my four year old, is like thrilled about the fact that she gets to wear a mask. And I actually find myself getting a little bit. You know, yesterday I picked her up early and we had to go somewhere and um, she really wanted to keep her mask on. And I was like, we don't we wear a mask at school. She's only four. Um, we don't need to wear it anywhere else. And I was firm about it because the fact that she, you know, she was in a Montessori school all summer, her teachers were in masks. She was not, um, now she's having to wear it. And I feel like they're really little and, you know, I want her to be able to breathe and get all of her oxygen in her brain. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and she's like totally in it. And she would like wear it to sleep. Like if she could wear her mask to sleep, she would wear it. So I'm trying to be like, you know what, this is where we wear it. This is where we don't, but she's totally into it. And we match them to her, her bows. And my husband, I mean, I recorded this in a solo episode that I did a few days ago. He's like, hey, you do realize like our kids haven't gotten the sniffles like in six months? Neither one, even my littlest one who's been in school like this whole time. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, yeah, it's kind of crazy, actually. I think it's kind of weird. And he thinks it's just amazing. He's like, if this is the new normal, I'm all about it. Like our kids aren't getting fevers anymore. He gets terrified when our kids get sick. Anything if, like they have a 101, he's just freaking out. <laughs> and um, I'm like, you know, I don't know. Like, I, I hope it's not. But I think that I, I don't know how long we'll all be wearing masks, but I guess while we are, I'm very happy that you're making them. Thank and, you. Uh, you know, <laughs> hey, I'm very, I'm very happy you're making them. What else do you feel like? Has, do you have your team back um, um, in the office? Not fully. We, I am starting to have some packaging help on Fridays again, which is traditionally the day that we will launch our bigger collections that take a lot more time to package. Um mm -hmm. But day to day, I'm still packaging by myself and it's going to continue to be a little bit different because everybody who works with us is a mom Yes, and um, they all have varying levels of childcare and different school situations this year. So I'm really just, you know, staying really flexible this year when we can have people in to help. We are. And if they're not able, that's okay. Um, but I will say it's been a really weird time to experience such huge growth because we have. That's amazing. That could have been, I mean, a lot of small businesses right now are not seeing that. Do you have a reason why you think that is? I mean, I, besides that your bows are amazing, obviously. Thank you. But, I do feel like I have hustled harder this year 
than I have in a long time. Yeah. And I have really pushed myself to, if I have an idea, go for it. Like the sweatshirts, um, with the curved text around the collar. Yes. Um, we're working on hats next, which I'm, I'm very so excited. excited. Oh my God. Stop. Like baseball hats. Yes. I've started wearing them. I like to protect my skin from the sun because you yeah. have been following Jordan Harper. I swear to God, every single person Megan has told me to follow has just changed my life. And one of them is this woman, Jordan Harper, who's a dermatologist and she is obsessed with sun protection. So I've started wearing hats. So I'm going to buy a hat. Yeah, you are. And they're going to be great. We, um, we just did our first mock-ups today actually. And I'm hoping within a couple of weeks to be able to share them. So I've just been really like feeling free to explore my creativity. And if I have an idea to make it happen, we have the ability to make these things happen. And yes, it's a lot of work, which sometimes I feel overwhelmed with like, Oh my gosh, well, how am I supposed to like develop a whole new line of shirts and sweatshirts while I'm also trying to like, I'm currently trying to pick out winter fabrics and struggling. Um, but I'm just trying to go for it. I'm just trying to hustle it. And the people who have, you know, chosen to follow us on Instagram and our customers. They're so amazing. Like I say it all the time, but like we have the best customers in the whole world. Like, well, you really, everyone who's ever followed me because we do our interviews together. Um, I love them. You do. You have the best audience. They, it's totally true. They're such fabulous um, ladies and they are so good to us. And when we come out with something and they love it, they show up and they tell their friends and I've had a lot of love from the Houston small business crowd. We've all been supporting each other during this time and that has been really wonderful. So just really, I'm trying to just be bold, I guess. If I have an idea, I'm trying to trust my gut. If I think it's a good idea and go for it. And so far, so good. (laughs) Well, your business is definitely not the only area I feel like in which you're doing this because I think in the last three weeks, I've seen about three different bedrooms in your house, get new paint colors and totally different (laughs) bedrooms. And I'm like, how is she doing that? What is she doing? I had to set an how alarm for that? our call today because I was painting my master bathroom. <laughs> so it's you who's doing the painting. You can do it yourself. Uh, my husband and I have been doing a lot of house projects. It, I, I have feel like we have embraced this time finally. Yeah. Um, we're going to still continue to be home a lot. You know, certainly things are... Change, are, are reopening slowly, like school. We have occasionally gone to restaurants, but we're still spending a lot of time at home. Yeah. And we are just like, you know, we are, he's so handy. He can do just about anything I dream up. It's amazing. So you come up with the ideas and he builds them. And he humors me most of the time. Um, oh my God. That's, I mean, if I had, I honestly, my husband and I like, we're, you know, we're Jewish and we have a joke that like Jesus was the last Jewish carpenter because the <laughs> two of us have to call somebody to screw in a light bulb. We have no idea. Like I, I honestly, if there was one of them who, if there was one of us who could build something, my house would be just like full of stuff that we had put together. And my house totally is like, I'm, so I'm actually in his office right now because his office has doors and he, I'm sitting at his desk, which he built. And all the furniture in this room, all the shelves, all the cabinets he built. And this weekend he wants to reorient the way it is set up and everything's built in. So he's going to be doing a lot of like rewiring and his office shares a wall with our closet. And I said, well, if you're going to be going into the electrical in that wall, do you mind? We have like a like fluorescent is the only way to describe it light in our master closet. It's like a long tube light. Uh huh. And I'm like, I want to get rid of it and do two small semi flush mounts. And he's like, yeah, fine. We can do that. <laughs> oh my God. That'd be amazing. And he built me some shelves in there last week. Cause I wanted like some more shelves in my closet so I could have them kind of styled and pretty. So he put a bunch of shelves in for me last weekend and We've just been having a really fun time doing all these things to our house that we were like, well, someday we'll do this. And now you're doing that. We're just like, no, we're just going to do it. Like, so I just wallpapered our, a big wall in our master bathroom and I am painting the other walls now. And I painted the cabinets in there, which was like, you know, it's like give a mouse a cookie. Like you give me one project and it, 
it trickles down to seven other projects. I'm like, oh, that pink color would actually go really well on the master bathroom cabinet. So we should probably paint those. It and just then, keeps going and going. <laughs> it just keeps going. So we've been having a lot of fun working on the house. We are enjoying our home and being here a lot. I feel like the way that we live our lives will probably, I mean, yes, we're all going to end up going out more often, ideally in the future. But I can also imagine that once we have like large gatherings again, like concerts, people are going to be like running out to those. I know I will be, but um, what, like, I think that a lot of the things that a lot of things as far as how much time we spend outside of our home probably have changed in a somewhat permanent way. I mean, I don't, we've all been doing this for so long now. It seems like we're learning how to live more in our own like nuclear family. It's true. And spending more time at home. It's true. Like my husband and I realized that we used to watch most of our like shows and stuff in our master bedroom, like at night. Mm -hmm. And after a couple months, we realized that nobody was using our living room. Like nobody, nobody was using it. Nobody was watching TV in it. In there just... watching anything. And we were like, well, what? This is dumb. <laughs> like, right. So we started making an effort to pour a glass of wine and sit down in there and like have conversation in the evenings and spend more time in there. And tonight the NFL is back and he is very, very excited about that. So we Oh have... my goodness. How did I not even, I guess the fantasy football draft was last night. So <laughs> I should have known that. So oh my gosh. We are, you know, we have, a, we got all kinds of special snacks tonight and we will be camped out in the living room and we're just trying to use our home because we are, we, we have this house. What do, what do we have it for? If we're only ever going into our bedroom. <laughs> So again, if you haven't heard from Megan before, Megan is maybe the cleanest human being I've ever had on this show. How have you found it like keeping everything as clean as it was before with everybody staying at home as much? Is that just something that can't even happen? Or have you figured it out? People are slobs. I just, Everyone is a slob. These people. Um, yeah. I will say you and I are following Go Clean Co. Oh, she has a million followers a now. A million, yeah. And she has made me a much more efficient cleaner, and I'm very grateful for that. Um, she does the um, – so if you're not following, go clean co. And if you don't know who we're talking about, Megan told me to follow her, I think on a previous episode maybe, but definitely one-on-one. Um, she had like 50,000 followers or something. Like this was only a few months ago. She's a cleaning person in, in Canada, and now she has a million followers. And she does this combo, which is the – it's powdered tide bleach and water. In a specific ratio, and it's apparently magical. And Megan, you've used it. But I, I use it all the time. Like I now have a decorative glass container in my laundry room that contains my powder tide. And the dog threw up on the rug yesterday, and I got it out. And my husband was like, "Oh my god!" Like <laughs> he's getting ready to like mash it into the carpet with a paper towel, and I was like, "Stop!" Yeah. <laughs> Stop oh what my you're god! Doing. Don't do that. Tide, hot water, rag, not soaking wet, just lightly wet. And it like came up like magic. And he was like, that's amazing. And I was like, I know. <laughs> and she came up, she has like a recipe book. It's like $11 or something. Everybody go follow her right now. But yeah, you told me about her. So do you feel like, you, okay, so you've gotten more efficient. I'm Have you efficient. had to drop any of the standards or are they all no, still where they I are? honestly feel like I probably went in the other direction. And ah, that's it's probably now. a part of the home improvement thing too, is it's how clean my house is or what it looks like is something that I have control over. Right. Yeah. In a time totally. where I don't feel like I have a lot of control over th- things, you know, I can't even mm-hmm. control, like, I can't even get my children to put cheese stick wrappers in the trash can. Right. So it's the, at the very least, I have found that my oldest definitely has started to assume that I'm going to clean up after her way more than she used to like six months ago because I just gave up on, I, I don't like nagging and I'm just like, I want it to be clean in here. The other day she was like, oh, don't worry. My mommy will clean that up. And I was like, oh my God, what did you just say? She also started calling me your majesty, which I know you have. Uh, oh, I love to. when they call me that. My, um, my yeah. daughter did tell me the other day, I'm on this kick with bees. I don't know what it is, but I want to incorporate bees into all my home decor I love now. your bebos. I love it. I have to like pump the brakes on the bees, but so she's heard me probably talking about bees and she's like, you know, mom, you're the queen bee in our house. And I was like, you oh. are damn right. I'm the queen bee. 
Don't you just, I don't remember. My kids say things like that to me. My, my oldest does. Um, my second can't yet, but hopefully she will. Um, but I don't remember saying things like that, like to my parents. I mean, I guess I did, but oh my I mean, it's like it's, my favorite. It's the best. And my husband was nearby and she was like, right, daddy. And he was like, yes, you're correct. <laughs> <laughs> you're correct she is the queen i love it like, well, that's because you gave birth to everyone in here and that's what makes a queen be <laughs> that's it's true hey i i believe it and it ought to be celebrated seriously well, i think so and i think that's another thing you know just thinking about my husband saying i'm the queen bee my kids got to see us together a lot mm-hmm. during this time which i think was good i think you know, if we're trying to like pull silver linings out of this pandemic time, I will say my husband and I managed not to kill each other. That's awesome. I really did feel like we played on the same team. Um, We have like, we always say, who's got it better than us? And the kids say nobody. And he and I would keep even during like these difficult times. And you and I have talked, you know, this has been a really challenging six months for my whole family he, we would still say, who's got it better than us? Nobody. And so I, I hope that my kids got to see us really stick together. And that, I'm sure that, they did. I hope that's something that will, whether they're conscious of it or not, take away. Um, and you guys have been together for like 12, how many years? Oh, 12 would be hilarious. Um, no, we have been together since 2004. Well, that's more than, so that's 16 so years 16 ago. 16 years next month, we have been together. Um, So that's something too. I mean, I think that like in a lot of senses, because of that, you've weathered a lot of storms before this one. This one might be maybe the most globally significant. I think it, you know, we have been really fortunate. Um, We have not had a lot of hardship in our, our marriage and our time together. Like in terms of difficult times, we really struggled to have our second daughter. I had two back-to-back miscarriages and that um, year was very painful for us. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, like we both still each have four living grandparents. Wow. Yeah. Um, we've not had a lot of like personal loss. We've been really fortunate. Um, so I think this will probably go down as one of the harder times in our lives. And it's you never know how you guys are going to handle that two different people. Well, then I mean, I mean, there, there you go. Like having not maybe experienced something, anything like this before to be able to weather it positively. I mean, in front of your kids, I think that's the best. That's a huge takeaway. Yeah. Like I felt like while there were times that I was very down and sad and struggled during this time, I didn't feel alone. Yeah, I think I I told you last time I was on, you know, I started Zoloft because of this Mm -hmm. whole thing. And my husband was the one who was like, this needs to happen. Yeah. So I always had somebody who was looking out for me um, and, you know, on my team. And that I think has been like, I I told him, I'm like, please don't ever go back to an office. Oh, you want him to stay around forever. I get it. Because like next, I was telling you next week when we finally get our youngest daughter back to preschool, we get to have like a day date. Oh, I cannot wait. I love day dates because I don't have to stay out really late and get tired. You know, I can't hang past like 8 p.m. So yeah, exactly. I can't wait to have this kind of flexibility where he's you know, at home and I'm home and the kids are getting what they need from other people. It's just, I know there's still a long road ahead with COVID, but mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, it feels like a light at the end of the tunnel. I, feel, I, I hear that. You can feel it coming. I can feel it coming. Like my oldest daughter who was sulky and sullen and loaded with attitude for the last month solid, just two days of school and she is sunshine. Oh, that's amazing. It was like, just, I almost cried, not dropping her off, but picking her up. Cause she was so happy. She got in the car and she was like, my new classmates. Awesome. (laughs) And I was just like, oh my gosh, I just think so thankful to anybody who's working in schools right now. Like, thank thank you for helping me raise my children because we really cannot do it alone. 
Amen. I couldn't do it alone either. And I, I'm so thankful that they have a place to go and just be with each other. My daughter's teacher thought that she knew some people in her class whom she'd never met before because everyone was just hugging like the second they, the second they saw each other, they were just happy to see other kids. These poor kids. And that's just it. Like these, these kids, like we're social beings. And we we just had so like, and kids don't have like what we have social media, you know, they don't, they get their validation from each other, from each other's faces from, you know, and and they're not really seeing very many faces right now, even from adults, because they go out and we're covering them. So it's like, (laughs) they're not really getting, it's very difficult, I think, to be a kid right now. It's very hard to be a kid. And she told me the last month of school, last school, last month of this summer vacation, it broke my heart. She said, I just feel so lonely. I don't feel like I have any friends. And it's because she hasn't seen them. Yeah, she and like it's not like she's chatting with them on the phone because she's, she's seven, not, right? Yeah, you know, she's not. She's seven. She's not on Marco Polo like we are talking right. to our friends or watching each other's. Like I have one of the girls on the Willow Crowns team just had a baby, and we've all been like stalking her Instagram stories to get a look at baby Patrick, and oh. like she doesn't get that. And maybe that goes to show you, you know, we say so many things about social media being such a problem in society, but there is a reason why when we had a choice, we all opted to be more connected with each other because, you know, we, we do need that. And there is, there has been something wonderful about that during this time to be able to just be in touch with people. I also think the world has changed. I don't know if you've noticed this, but like so many people are moving, um, just like this is a great time to just pick up and go somewhere else since the whole world is kind of still on a bit of a pause. And it's like, we've all realized we can work remotely in a lot of capacities. A lot of people can work remotely and we can stay in touch with people better than we've ever been able to. And technology is really what has enabled us to be able to do that. I I think that the world we were living in before, before COVID happened, we were like still stuck in the 80s and 90s, technologically speaking, even though we had had all these advancements, we hadn't updated any of our procedures, any of our policies. And now it's like all these places have had this time to kind of play catch up and companies are seeing, hey, we actually don't need anybody to come into the office. You can work from home if you need to. And it's just going to be interesting to see how things unfold. And I I mean, I feel hopeful about that. And I feel hopeful about what's to come. I do Um, too. Yeah. And it's, I said to my husband, it's, it's really a difficult time to live in, but we are going to, this is a hallmark historical time. Like this, everything for the rest we'll of our it. lives will probably be denoted as pre-COVID or post-COVID. Oh, forever. It will forever. forever. And I hope, oh, it's like 9-11 in the airports. I said to my husband today, I'm like, can you believe tomorrow has been 19 years? Like that's so long, but yes, it changed everything forever. We don't go through security the way we did in 2000. No. And some things are just always pre and post. And this is one of those things and we're living through it. And we have to, you've said this so many times, like we have to choose what we want to take from it to move forward. And we want to decide these are the things that got dropped and we are better off not having them anymore. And just take what we can to improve our lives moving forward from this time, even though it's, it's hard. It's hard. Well, the last challenge I want to discuss with you before I have to let you go is mask me because if you know anything (laughs) about me, it's that I washed my face with hand soap before I met Megan and uh, she, I had my first interview with her. I was actually in person. I think we did like a couple that were in person. Um, I, I don't even remember. I can't even fathom that I ever did any of this in person, like at any point. Um, but I it was in person and you were telling me about all the people that you follow um, and your skincare routine. And I started gradually stocking up. Now I have like seven steps that I go through every morning and night. But I did like I put this I had this mask on yesterday that I'd worn the prior day. So big, ta- big faux pas because it was dirty. And I have like underwear, Laura. My chin, it's like underwear. You can't wear it two <laughs> days in a row. And now I have like actual cystic acne <laughs> on. Okay. So I have to tell you my secret. I don't think I have shared Tell me. Yet. I knew you would have a secret. I knew you would have one. So for starters, I just don't wear foundation right now. Okay. I'm, I'm just not. Like I'm putting mascara on and some under eye brightener and calling it a day because if I'm going to go out and I'm going to wear a mask, I don't, 
I don't see the point. Yeah. But I am also washing my masks like underwear. And that means daily and not with my fancy bougie smells really good laundry detergent, like Tide. With Tide. Okay. Like I want it super clean. And then are you putting them through the laundry machine or you're just like hand washing them? No, I put them in the washing machine. They'd be fine. Okay. And then the last thing is I got a spray bottle. This is (laughs) so weird. (laughs) It's a spray bottle of like salicylic acid. It's meant for like body acne. So you can spray it on your chest and back. Oh, and I spray it inside my mask before I put it on and I let it dry. And then I put it on my face. I need, you need to share it, put this on your Amazon storefront immediately after we get off of here, because I'm getting it. I've never had acne in my life. I don't, I'm not like breakout pro. Like I have nothing. Uh, I get pimples when I'm breakout pro. (laughs) Oh, well I, I get like pimples when I'm pregnant, but I like looked at my chin yesterday morning and I'm like touching it right now. And I was like, what is that? What is going on? I, I, all I had done is I wore a mask, like underwear, I guess. Used yeah, underwear on my face. Used underwear on your face, and that's what you get. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I just, I love, I get such a kick out of following you and learning learning from you every day. And I'm so grateful to have touch base with you again today. Megan, thank you for joining me again. Oh, on my Look gosh. On thank you for having me. I'm excited for our next chat. <laughs> me too. Me too. And thank you all for joining both of us. I am your host, Laura Max Rose, and I look forward to joining you again next time. That's all we have for today. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Look Ma No Hands. I'm Laura Max Rose, and you can follow me on Instagram at Laura Max Rose to stay up to date on upcoming episodes and the behind the scenes of my life with my own two daughters. If you like this episode and are enjoying Look Ma No Hands, the best way you can help me spread the word is to leave a review on Apple Podcast. This is the single best way to help me reach a larger audience and share these conversations with everyone who needs to hear them. If you love something you just heard, you can also take a screenshot of the episode and share it on social media. There might be someone you know who needs to hear what you just heard, and that's another great way to make sure they do. Thank you for joining me every week. I'm grateful for each and every one of you. More next time. Mom.